Welcome to another episode of Jesus in Gym Shoes, where we have unparalleled conversations about life skills in Jesus. Today, we have Pastor Alex McElroy, and he is having an event called Fact Check, Urban Apologetics Workshop on September 17th and September 18th, 2021. This is a two-day workshop where you get to learn more about apologetics. Um, you can go to Eventbrite right now and you can buy a ticket. Um, they will have Brandon Cleaver, Adam Coleman, and Alex McElroy himself. You guys will be able to learn more and more and more about apologetics, how to defend the faith. Um, now, let's jump in to this episode of Jesus and Jim Shoes. Pleasure. Have you all here, G? Hey, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, you know, it's always special whenever I can uh talk about apologetics or like introduce apologetics to people or uh just have more conversations about it. Um I think so the first question I ask everybody or the question I ask everybody is what was your favorite pair of gym shoes or what is your favorite pair of gym shoes? Yeah, see, I'm the wrong one for this. I I don't I've never been into gym shoes, man. It's not like I've never had a pair of J's. I never really, I'll tell you like I hoop. Well, I, I mean, not so much since the pandemic and my favorite hooping shoes are the Kobe's. Okay. Uh, which ones? Uh, whatever the newest ones I got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know which ones I got, man, but I love them. Okay. And the thing was growing up, I like. You grew up I, over East. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm from Virginia. And so. I, I like I have uh, like skinny ankles, so I would always wear high tops because I thought that would protect you better. But the uh -huh. reality, the reality is, it actually makes it worse if you do get an injury because it makes it a high ankle sprain. And so Kobe was so genius because he was also a soccer player at one point. He was like, you know what? Uh -huh. Soccer players do the most cuts, the most running, and they don't really get a lot of sprained ankles. And yep. so when, when he dropped the low, um, the low tops, then everybody else started doing it. But he, I think he, he kind of he kind of pioneered that idea. And I'll be honest, man, like I haven't had any in injuries. I feel faster. Um, they're not as heavy. They're, they're sturdy where they need to be, like right mm -hmm. in the back of the heel and right on the um, on the side. So those are my favorite, man. I, I wish I knew more about what to tell you about the which, which version. <laughs> What's funny is that I, you grew up over east. So you grew up in like Virginia, right? Yes. So growing up in Virginia, I was like, okay, maybe he going to tell me like a new balance, like a 991 or a 992 because it's so popular in the DMV area. Uh, I, I had um, my Fila's. Okay. Um, you know, you you have some you gotta have some ones. Um, okay. you know, but yeah, I didn't get too serious with it. Um Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh yeah, so uh that's funny. That's funny. Uh but yeah, the Kobe's um but you know Kobe actually had that high top when he tore his Achilles. I actually had a pair of those. The oh, gumballs. Yeah. I had the, the gumbo all stars. Um I sold those. Jesus, that's crazy. <laughs> Somebody wanted somebody wanted those real real bad, um yeah. So I sold I sold those joints. That's crazy that he but he did kind of like pioneer everybody going to the to the low because you'll see a lot of cats now. KD has a low, yeah. Um, consistently has a low. KD's more so known for his strap across his shoe. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Kyrie has a low, who, who mm-hmm. also has a strap across his shoe. Giannis, he's a, even is he has a low. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I actually tried on a pair of Giannis's. They just were too narrow for my feet. Yeah, but yeah, that's dope. That's dope. But yeah, we um, but yeah, I appreciate. Like I said, I appreciate you being on here, man. Um, so I just want to kind of just jump straight in. What is apologetics? Yeah, good question, because um, that's always the confusing term uh, for people who haven't heard it. So simple version is apologetics is being able to defend it. It's the branch of theology concerned with the accurate defense of the faith. Um, and this is the Christian faith, right? Christian faith. Okay. Now, Believe actually, in that Jesus. Oh, yes, let, okay. Let me say, let me say this too, actually. And so there are Muslim apologists. Okay. Um, there's Hindu apologists. So apologetics is not specifically a Christian thing, mm-hmm. although there is Christian apologetics and the Bible mandates for us all to, so in first Peter three fifteen it says, always be, be prepared to give a defense in the original Greek. The words to give a defense is the Greek word apologia, which is where we get apologetics. So using scientific, historical, archeological, philosophical evidence to, uh, speak to the reality of the gospel of the bible being valid of christ's resurrection and of christianity in general okay what's funny is that um <laughs> i was on a date once and i asked shorty i was shorty was like yeah i go to church and da, 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 da. and she's like i believe in jesus and i was like oh what's up she's like you know um she was like you know i'm studying to be a minister i was like oh so you're an apologist she was like, I don't apologize for the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> it, it caught me by surprise. Like my face in the moment was just, I was baffled. I was baffled because I was just like, what? And then <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Uh, so that's why I wanted you to get a definition because yeah, sure. And I had to like explain what I meant <laughs> when I said apologize. Because, yeah, she was just baffled. She was like, why would you be apologizing for the God? And she just went on this tangent for about five minutes because I was stuck. Like, I was really, really stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so so a little bit of your backstory, like, you ain't believe in Jesus at, at, at a point, right? I So I did. I struggled heavily um, in my college. So actually, I'll say I got saved probably like 10, 10 years old, but I didn't get discipled i didn't even know what discipleship was i I knew what i believed and i did believe and i was i was firm in that but i didn't really know any much about it like i wasn't really trained up or or taught and my mom did the best she could my dad passed away when i was 11 um and then in college well late high school but definitely in college i just went off the deep end man just um alcoholic drug dealer drug user um well you know smoking never imagine you like yeah, being like hey trying to bag up a qp i could and never imagine i could I, never <laughs> I tell people all the time man it's funny and i love hearing that because um the bible says if we're in christ we're a new creature and so like i'm not supposed to look like what i was you know what i mean uh, i'm not supposed to look like a cleaned up version of a bad thing i'm supposed to be a new creature and so obviously i'm not actually physically a new creature so i don't want people to go off on a tangent but 
<laughs> I get it. Yeah. As far as my persona, as far as what drives me, as far as my my nature, hopefully my character, that's that's new. People who knew me then shouldn't recognize me now. Um, like you know, my wife, she's probably the only one that can really attest to both Alex's. Uh, well, at least in our, in our and where we live now, but yeah, man, <laughs> that was that was the situation. So I believed, but I I drifted so far that I didn't know how to get back, and I didn't know, I, I not even just didn't know. I felt too dirty to come back. Uh, I felt too dirty to go to a church, which is the one place I needed to go. I didn't have a Christian community. I didn't have fellowship, and, and you know, um you know, we're big on gospel community. And, and like, I didn't, I never even heard that. So Nick said it. <laughs> yeah, true. True. Me neither. Like I, I was able to, um, you know, we were, Nikai and I, we were over JG, uh, Joshua Gathering uh, for a while. And so when JFH wanted to just like change everything and like go to a gospel center community, I'm glad like Nick was right there because if Nick hadn't been right there, I don't know if Nakai and I would have been as successful as we were um, because we just weren't able to. Because I, I had no I, I knew I had no frame of reference for like gospel centered community. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's I, I know it's imperative. And, you know, a lot of people actually and we can talk about this in a little bit, but a lot of people actually that's one of the discrepancies when it comes to the faith that a lot of people have. And I don't get it. It's just like, why wouldn't you want to be around like-minded Christians? I mean, I get that, you know, things happen and people are people, but why wouldn't you want to be around more like-minded people? Why wouldn't you want to be around people who are striving and messing up similar to the way you are, right? right. Uh, but they have the comment, that common core. Uh, yeah. of the fact that like Jesus is Lord and we are still striving to be more like him daily. Um, but more about apologetics. So how can a person, right? They just been going to church. They've just been hearing, um, or how can I say this without being shady? Actually, I don't care. Uh, so they've been going to church. They just been hearing these gotcha sermons or they've been hearing these cliche, like, uh, um, uh, money, money, money type sermons. And it's like, you know, that's not what all the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about so much more. How, what would, what would be a first step that you would have somebody, you know, that wants to get into apologetics or is looking at apologetics? What would be something that you tell them to be a first step to do? Yeah. So two different, um, lanes, or I guess two different types of people mm -hmm. apologetics is, is useful for. Now, to some degree, all of us need to be to uh, some level of apologist as far as if somebody asks you why you believe what you believe, you, you should have an answer. Yeah. And that's not, that's not just for your religion. That's for anything in life. Like don't just do random stuff and not know why you did it. <laughs> right. So um, like the one person is somebody who doesn't believe. So I'm, I, I'm like, talk with an atheist or muslim or hindu or um to my agnostic just trying to figure it out so that's one you know i'm going to provide certain evidence ask questions first and then provide certain evidence to answer those questions and that's a lot of stuff we do at our workshops and uh, at my conference every year 
And so like this one that's coming up in a few weeks or based on when this airs, it might be like right around the corner. So yeah. you go to um, fact check apologetics.eventbrite.com. But um, the other person is already a Christian, but you just you just have some questions. You're just kind of confused on certain things here or there. So for that person, um, it's not that they're doubting the faith or doubting the religion per se, it's that they're doubting a specific aspect or maybe need clarity. Mm-hmm. So for that person, uh, and I did a, I did a, um, a show on my YouTube channel um, with Adam Coleman and a few other guys who had came out of Word of Faith Prosperity Churches. Bro, I felt like I was doing a therapy session. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, because when, and in, in some of those places, I won't name names, but it, it, you can get this, you can hear this so much, um, wealth and health type of thing, that you don't really know the gospel. And yeah. that's the first thing we need to kind of do is, is not deconstruct, but detox and understand that Christ never, I'm actually working on a video now um so y'all stay tuned on youtube i don't want to even say what it is uh but if you read the bible that's the first defense read it for yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you read the bible i don't understand how any pastor can get the idea of a prosperity gospel like it's literally the farthest thing from what the text actually <laughs> said. <laughs> um, like you know, what I'm saying I'm I, I'm I was re- I was reviewing something yesterday because I'm teaching through Romans mm-hmm. and uh, connecting the dots from some other scriptures, and it's like they, Jesus says they hated me, they're going to hate you, you're going to suffer. Like that's that's his words, that's red letters. So how are we getting this idea that we were promised a cushy life? So yeah. now we're setting Christians up for failure because we told them the wrong thing. You see what I'm saying? And so that's on the leadership. That's on the pastors. That's on the ministers. That's on the evangelists, the apostles, whoever. But I don't, I don't think that like everybody's setting them up for a cushy life. I think that like some people, I think some, some, some people who are doing the word of faith are not always totally like yeah everything is gonna be cushy but like some stuff is gonna be cushy like there are some situations where it's like you know paul even um he was like i'm content in this situation right i think that's cushiness i think that's a that's a place where you can get to like although i'm going through everything or everything is happening right now right there are there's a place that I can be in right now, right? Where it's just like, you know, this is a bit cushy. This is cool. I, I, I'm a chill. I don't like it, but I'm a chill right here. Okay. Now I like how you said that, but that's not. So when I talk about, I, now I kind of have to give an example so that I can uh, help people like, like Kenneth Copeland. Yeah. That's not the message he's given out. You, okay. You diff- okay. Yeah, like, so yeah, yes. Yeah. If it's the only message you you teach every single Sunday, that's the issue. If you have one okay. Sunday or one message out the year and you're like, hey, you know, God does want to um to bless you or or this or that, that's that's cool. And God does. It's just if we only feed people that one meal, that's not the right meal. Uh, yeah. now, 
when you you're gonna study, get diabetes essentially like you're gonna get <laughs> diabetes in jesus exactly. it's like you study you know if you steady eating cake every sunday but you ain't getting no hearty stuff like the stuff that's really like you ain't getting no vegetables right you you're gonna be you need some vegetables yes it's, okay okay and so here's the um the the proper and 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 i'm so there's i'll throw another big word in here uh it's called hermeneutics so i'm actually working yeah. on a, cor- a course that people can purchase um it's gonna be like a crash course a crash seminary course for those who, who didn't go which is most people who haven't gone um because there's no knock but we do need to have proper understanding of how to study the world so so exegesis is rightly dividing the word right mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to eisegesis which is taking scriptures out of context which yeah. is a lot of what's happening and that's the only way that's the only way you can get to any kind of version of prosperity gospel but hermeneutics is the proper rules that govern biblical exegesis so there are rules in place that provide a boundary so that we can rightly divide the word and so that we don't veer into into other um, misinterpretations mm-hmm. the reason that that's so necessary and we don't always think about this because the bible was not written in english it was written in greek hebrew and aramaic mm-hmm. furthermore there were no chapters and verses for most much of the history of the bible mm-hmm. so how were people reading it you couldn't quote philippians 4 because it didn't exist yeah. <laughs> there was philippians that's it and so but even with that we have a, over a million quotations from the early church fathers to the extent that we can almost almost reconstruct the entire new testament just from their quotations so they were re- so in order for them to quote something out of matthew they had to read all of matthew and then go mm-hmm. back and say hey on pe- scroll 20 or whatever i don't know <laughs> so we we as as 21st century westerners we have to cross certain gaps so that we so that we get the right context we have to cross a time gap of thousands of years a cultural gap a language gap, uh, a context gap, which means there are expressions just like today. So when we started out this show, I said, man, I, I've never had any J's. Mm-hmm. J, we know what J's means. Yeah. But in 1940, no one knew what J's means because they didn't, that didn't exist. Yeah. Right? So there is, there is terminology, there's idioms, there's slang that existed in ancient Near East culture that doesn't exist today. But if we read a text and try to apply our understanding of today to that text, mm-hmm. we're probably going to get it wrong. So it takes some work. It's not, this ain't sexy. You know what I'm saying? This takes a lot of yeah. homework. Yeah. And even with like the, the, the passage that, that you reference, it's in Philippians 4 and 11. He says, not that I speak to regard uh, in regard to need for I have learned in whatsoever state to be content. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. That We should learn that. He says, I know how to be abased and how to abound everywhere in all things. I've learned to be both full and hungry, both to be abound and to suffer need. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ's strength. But the things he's talking about is not like, like the sports athlete that puts it on the, on the black makeup under their eye. He's not talking about that. He's talking about, I know how to suffer because Christ strengthens me. I know how to, I know how to go through suffering because Christ strengthens me. Exactly. How to do those things. You feel me? What's funny is that, like, so I've always misquoted uh, <laughs> Philippians 4 and 13 because I say it before I lift. And everybody that knows me knows that I lift a lot of weight. And yeah. I continuously lift a lot of weight. Like, I'm probably one of the strongest people you've ever met. Yeah. So 
I've always been like, yo, I can I'll say it in my head, I can do all things. Because in my mind, I am suffering. Like <laughs> I'm having fun. When I am suffering, like there's no reason why I should like have 400 pounds on a bar <laughs> of any sort, or like five or six to seven hundred pounds on a on a bar that's on my back. Like there's no reason why I should do that. There's no reason why. Yeah, there's there's absolutely no reason why that should happen, right? Yeah. But I like it. And I've just always understood that scripture like um i use it as a tool like hey you know i want jesus in this moment with me so um even even to the point of uh what is it john four where he's like you are children of god and greater is he that's within you meet it as in than he that is in the world mm-hmm. right and so like i have that tatted on me right because <laughs> you know just taking that one scripture and looking at it uh because I, I would always say that prior to football games because it's just like i know that this isn't me that's like able to do this um and like i use it for everything even when i have to like minister to people or when i have to like talk to people because it's just like that's what i identify with Uh, and what's funny funny enough to the original point of you know philippians 4 and 11 um philippians is actually my favorite book of the bible but uh but philippians 4 and 11 it was actually Nick. Uh, we were we were chopping it up, and I was lifting. We were lifting or whatever, and he heard me saying it. And he was like, "You notice you misquoting it, right?" I was <laughs> like, "I know, but like, I still invite him here with me." <laughs> but I mean, but it was being taught, you know, how to like exegete the scripture or like how to look at it and say uh, one of the things that you taught. Or, uh, yeah, one of the things that you taught or do teach is to read before and read after, mm-hmm. you know, as one of the ways for you to actually see the context. And so I deal with a lot of people who, um, uh, I deal with, but I know some people who don't necessarily read before and after when they try to like string together narratives in the Bible. Yeah. Right. What is what would be some other tools that you would uh, besides the one I gave um, that you would uh, use for, you know, exegetical study? Yeah. So first, get a good study Bible. It's an investment. Um, I love my Nelson, my New King James study Bible. I love the ESV study Bible. You can get a CSB study Bible. Um, You need to get something that is as close to the original of the text as possible. Mm hmm. So I actually have, I don't know if people can, are people going to be able to see us or they can just hear No, I'm not dropping, no, I'm not dropping your pretty face on the, on the web, bro. <laughs> That's cool. I ain't doing that. Well, if I, if I could, I could show y'all, I have what's called an interlinear, interlinear Bible. Now you uh-huh. can actually go for free on blueletterbible.org. I got Blue and, Letter Bible on my phone. Yeah, same on your phone. And you, you can click where the verse is and then click interlinear and it'll show you the original Greek or Hebrew word, what it meant uh, in its original context um but anyway i have a have an actual copy man i was able to get it from somebody because it's hard to get those translations though are always made from the original interlinear the original manuscript text so we don't translate from translations i think Mm -hmm. people need to know that and i think that's that's an accusation that some people who don't trust the bible will try to lob and they just don't they just don't understand how it works which is you know that's not good but anyway so get a good study bible so you can see, and when I say a good one, it's going to have footnotes. It's going to it's going to cross reference scriptures. It's going to have good um, 
footnotes that tell you a little bit of history, a little bit of context about the text so that you can read it in context. And as much as possible, um, try to read things in order. I know it's sometimes you can do a topical study, which is it's okay, but I, I think great Bible study is just straight exposition, which, which basically means you're going verse by verse, because then you know you're going to stay within the, the context of the narrative. And the other part is just to, just to understand or have a basic awareness of genre. So there's, and like I said, I have this course and it'll talk more about this in detail. Most of the Bible, I believe it's about 50%, close to 50% is narrative. Some, then the second largest group is, is poetry. And then you got wisdom literature, you got um, apocalyptic literature, you got um, prophetic texts. So knowing what type of lit, what type of genre you're reading at that particular moment will help you understand how to apply it or not apply it to your life. And somebody said, why would you not apply anything in the Bible to your life? Because you got to know what's prescriptive mm -hmm. and what's descriptive. Mm -hmm. When God tells Abraham, sacrifice your son, and then he, you know, pulls the plug at the last second, that is, if you read it in the right way, it's the greatest and most beautiful, actually. It's not, it's not um, child abuse. It's a beautiful <laughs> foreshadowing of the gospel. Yeah. Probably the best one in all of the Old Testament, if you're understanding it in context. But God is not prescribing you to go do this test with your son and hope God pulls your knife away at the last second, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the, the David and Bathsheba story is not prescriptive. It is describing what happened. And this is actually one of the reasons we can trust the Bible because historians will talk about something called embarrassing testimony, which means mm -hmm. when, if, if I, this is going to be gross. If I um, went to the bathroom on myself, and that's part of a larger story. I wouldn't want to tell that part of the story. Yeah. Therefore, if I do tell that part of the story, more than likely the story is true because who would make up something like that? <laughs> like, so a, just to break grown. it. Exactly. So just to break it down, you're talking about David in, a, in this precarious situation of him essentially like raping Bathsheba. Yeah. Okay. And, and so when, um, not that David wrote, uh, first or second Samuel, but it, it's being recorded, and the uh, you know this is the man after God's own heart, right? And so, what we do have record of is David did write Psalm fifty-one, Psalm thirty-two, and so he's clearly admitting and recognizing his sin. Yeah, and so we can learn from those because he says the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite spirit. So now we know. When I sin, when when I commit, and hopefully we don't do nothing that bad, and you know, all the way up to murder, and yeah, I don't want mm -mm. <laughs> you know, saying, sure. one, one sin's yeah. bad enough, don't compound it. But what is beautiful about Psalm 51 is it does show what true repentance looks like. So that part can be prescriptive, mm -hmm. but the the Bible does not sugarcoat anything. The Bible. Um, there's no perfect people in the Bible, uh, including the disciples of Jesus himself. So we can see the humanity. We can see the, the, the embarrassing and we can identify as human flawed humans ourselves with those things with, you know, Peter being gung ho one second. And then Jesus like get behind me, Satan the next second, like all of us have, have, have 
been like that with Jesus at some point in our walk. We, 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 we got it wrong. We went too far. We were too gung-ho or we weren't gung-ho enough. And so we could see how Jesus dealt with that person, dealt with Peter. And we can also see when we are Peter, right? Um, even Paul wrestling through Romans 7, you know, but also talking about, well, in Romans 1, this is sin. This is what sin does. Even I struggle, but the Romans 10. So like everything, you can see the humanity, mm-hmm. but you can also see the impact of the Holy Spirit in, in those people's lives and in ours. And in that way, we can know what is prescribed by God for us. True. Very true. So I prayerfully hope that like somebody hears this, right? And they don't necessarily believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray that people hear this and they like, nah, man, buddy don't know what he's talking about. I also want people to hear this that do believe. I also want people to hear this that struggle with their belief. I also want people to hear this and they are like on both sides, depending on the day. (laughs) Right. And my hope is that we, that from that, they're able to take, you know, Jesus and Jim shoes. And then they're able to say, Oh yeah. You know, they're talking about apologetics. They first told me I need to get a Bible um, that is able to have that is close that is as close to the original text. I also need to make sure that when I read it, I am reading before and I'm reading after. And then secondly, I'm getting or thirdly, I'm getting in community that reinforces um, uh, us reading before and after. Um, Now. There are some gospel, and I've used air quotes, some gospel-centered communities that don't really like people. And when I say don't really like people, they bash everybody. Like street corners. We had a situation here in Chicago. I can't think of the name of the church, and I probably would never say it anyway, but there's like this group of people. There was this restaurant that I really, really went, that I went to all the time. Uh, would t- I would bring anybody that came in town. I would take them there. Um, it was a Puerto Rican restaurant. Um, and, oh, it was fire. Like, the food was so good. And I remember, like, the owner, I had a conversation with him when he was first starting off his journey of just, like, discovering who Jesus was. And with him discovering who Jesus was, I was just like, man, I would love to, you know, chop it up with you a little bit more, just discover, you know, so we can like walk through the Bible. He sub- he subsequently, you know, got called away because he was running a restaurant at that point. Um, you know, this was early on a Saturday morning before I went and got my hair cut or before I went and got, um, I always go to the thrift store. So I would go to the thrift store on Saturdays. So I would, you know, eat there then go to the thrift store um and so so, like maybe it was last year during you know the uprisings or whatever yeah um buddy was just online and he had a big following he had you know a lot of controversy controversy just because of this church that he was affiliated with now prior to that he had deals with he had um collab deals with nike and adidas and he was doing some really big things when it came to his restaurant and the notoriety he was getting you know citywide from his restaurant Uh but 
the church that he got affiliated with was one of those churches that uh, kind of bashed everybody. Kind of mm-hmm. like, we hate gays. We, you know, Black folks, why y'all getting abortions? And mm-hmm. um, Black Lives Matter, you know, if uh, you can't do anything until y'all do the right stuff in the community. And, they, you know, they just didn't understand, like, the way things actually worked when it came to, you know, what, what would happen inside of communities. But they were, they were one of those people, they were one of those sects, sects of religion or of Christianity that would turn people away just because they bashed people right. um, as opposed to being in a situation of being a gospel centered community that will welcome people in and allow Jesus to change them. Yeah. Right. So what would you say to the person that like experienced <clears throat> that form of quote unquote, apologetics or quote-unquote uh christianity what Mm -hmm. would you say to that person that's kind of like turned off uh from from that stuff happening well a i don't think that is apologetics um so the other Mm -hmm. the the fullness of the scripture even even as i say scripture we should always um as i'm saying read it in context so it's first peter 3 15 but there's two more chapters before that but anyway just for the sake of time Mm -hmm. um the full, the full, I guess, little passage here, it says, um, even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And that fear is, is respectfully. And then it says having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. Nobody's feeling ashamed when, when we bash them over the head. That They're like, you should be ashamed of yourself talking to the Christian. And, and they're right. Um, somebody said, there's no point giving somebody a rose to smell if you've already cut off their nose. Mm-hmm. Uh so you can be right and wrong at the same time. Like I can say the right words. My facts can be right. Yeah. The delivery matters as well. So all people, Imago Dei, right? Created in the image of God doesn't yeah. mean to redeem, but, but we want to love people, love your neighbor, right? Yeah. Love your neighbor, everybody. <laughs> um, so it's not just enough to have the right words or to have the right orthodoxy or to have the right scriptures or any of that stuff. It also has, we also have to do these things with a good conscience, with a good heart, with meekness, it says. Now, meekness is not weakness. It's just, hey, man, look, you, you know, let's talk, let's talk about this. What do, you, what do you think about this? And how did you get to this conclusion? And, well, have you considered this? Like, you know, having conversations. Here's what I'll tell you, though. And since I, since I haven't been able to really speak live until recently, uh, the last year, I've been really building up my YouTube channel. So, uh, the YouTube channel is Relentless Pursuit of Purpose. Um, mm-hmm. And man, sometimes my comment section gets ugly. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. now this is old Alex talking. I ain't built for the internets <laughs> because. <laughs> oh, you know, I know. I already know, G. Like, you know, I, I know you're in real life. So I get I'm like, it. <laughs> yo, you wouldn't say that to my face. <laughs> my face. Y'all, y'all get real bold behind this keyboard. Yeah, um, look, I know you're in real life. <laughs> and so i'm like man people people you know and and you haven't that 
you know, saying stuff online, you haven't refuted any facts. Like if you refute yeah. my facts, then let, let's talk about it. But if you just want it, what's called an ad hominem attack, you're just attacking the person. You still haven't yeah. done anything. You haven't proven your case. Um, yeah. you just, you just shown how ignorant you are, but, but, the, but the, but the thing about, um, Oh, what I was going to say was, man, I, I've had good conversations with some atheists, yep. with some Muslims, mm-hmm. you know where I'm about to go, with some Hindus. Yep. But man, when the most contention I've gotten and yeah. Yeah. is Christians, like, and I am one, I'm a, like, that's what bugs me the, the most. And it I, bugs and, me too. And, and to your point, man, it's like, we on the same team, like, why are you even... Even if even if you don't approve of what I'm doing, I don't know why you wouldn't. I'm not doing anything heretical, but at least hit me offline or direct yeah. message. But you specifically wanted to make your comment in my comment section so it would be seen, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube or wherever. I, I, it's just a bad look, and then we wonder why the world don't want to come to church. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> what's what funny? Yeah. What's funny is that I was in um I was in New Orleans, man. Um, shout out to New Orleans, man. Right now it's going yeah, through yeah. because of Ida. Um, and, but I was there maybe July, um, bless you. I was there maybe, uh, right before, no, so June, late June, early July, right before the fourth. And so I'm walking down bourbon and there's these guys, the, there's these guys out there. They, you know, they're trying to share the gospel or whatever, but they loud and just like abrasive to people Mm -hmm. as they're walking past. And I'm just like, nothing about this is like. Mm. like kind or like you like we just like first peter three like three three fifteen like nothing about it was you know loving kindness have i drawn you know are are they drawing people to you right i could see if they was out there you know sharing the gospel but just like yo here go here goes some gum or here goes something like that. Like not you going to hell because you got a drink in your hand. It's like, come on, bro. Nobody's listening to you. And so the thing that really took me over the edge is because I was walking, I was listening to him. The, you know, the gospel is in me. So I'm going to always like just, I want to hear what you're talking about. And you know, it is what it is. So the thing that got me um, was they were talking and they were just like, you know, uh, Jesus, you know, Jesus died for our sins. And that's why, that's why you have eternal life. And it's like, no, it was the resurrection that like did all of that. Like, that's what we believe. We like anybody could have died, like, mm-hmm. but that wasn't the, the finished work. The finished work right. was the resurrection. Right. So I'll go. So me, you know, I go up and I'm like, hey, bro, you was a little wrong. It's the resurrection, not the death. <laughs> And so, you know, he loud and he on the mic. So he's not able to, you know, do this. So this one cat come up, this other cat come up. He wasn't the same race as me, but he was just like, bro, what you trying to say? I'm like, bro, you know, just make sure he know it's the resurrection. Like I get that y'all out here and y'all loud, you know, you're doing all that stuff, but you got to be right. Right. Yeah. I, I want, I want the gospel to go forth. Like I want it to go forth. I want people to hear it. I want people to know about it or whatever, but I want you to be right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even in those slip of the tongue moments, like, I still want you to be right. Yeah. Uh, so I told Buddy what I, same thing I just said. And he was like, well, we out here. What you doing? 
telling you that you're wrong, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't have to be out here yelling, right? I get what y'all are doing. He's like, we out here, we doing this. And so then I was like, you know what? I love you. I don't desire to talk to you anymore. So he said he's trying to get in my face or whatever. And I'm like, bro, I'm not like at this moment, um, I'm not this. <laughs> I don't think I was of sober judgment like, at that moment because it was gonna click, and I was like, "Bro, you don't want to like two Christians out here in the front, like out here fighting over you know some foolishness." So I was right. like, "You know, I love you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't desire to talk to you anymore." So these two black guys came up, and he was like, "Yo, what's going on?" Because dude making a scene, and I was like, "Look, all I wanted to say was, or all I had to say." was that when the guy was on the mic, he made mention of, you know, the death being the completed work or whatever, but it's actually the resurrection. That's all I wanted to say. That's all I wanted to, you know, for him to like get that across to the people because, hey, you guys are doing what you're supposed to do. Um, and they like, oh, okay, we get it. We get it. What's up with him? I was like, I don't know. And they was like, oh, he, well, he trying to apologize. I was like, I told him that I love him and I no longer desire to talk to him. Yeah. And so they were just like, oh, okay. It's like, we get it. And I was like, but I'm going to walk away now. You know, dude was still trying to talk to me. It's like, look, again, <laughs> you already made, you already made your point clear that you was trying to, you know, that you was trying to, that you was trying to scrap. And I'm not, I'm not for beating you up right now. <laughs> like I'm in Louisiana, bro. Like I'm not going to jail for beating up some, some kid that's like, you know, <laughs> in the middle of Bourbon Street. I'm not going to jail for that. Right. Like, there are better ways for me to go to jail. <laughs> or better things for me to do than beating you up and then going to do it. But it says um, we have to not it says, but like, I, I just want to make sure that like that's that's my biggest thing is for us to make sure that we are loving people, like, unconditionally, right? And not bashing people just not bashing people it's just like bro it, it comes off to me as people being in a place of judgment yeah. rather than them just trying to give the love of jesus or flat out just giving scripture yeah or them like putting forth a narrative um so how do you get over like how do you get over that because i know that you have like uh, I know that you have a bunch of Christians that are just like, yo, what are you talking about? The Bible does say name it, claim it. Um, the Bible says we hate gay people and you should too. The Bible says like black people are inferior or like just, just the wildest things that like yeah. people come up with. I So the ones who really come at me aren't those ones or they may be that's not that's, that's not what they come at me about per se mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it's more so super reformed calvinistic white evangelical um it's like those not all of them so I, people listening i don't i'm not trying to say everyone's like this i'm just saying those mm-hmm. who have had contention with tend to be in that lane or of that persuasion yeah yeah, yeah. um one dude, it was funny, man. It's funny because if you know me, you know how stupid this is. Yeah. So I, I have a nonprofit. It's called Proof of the Truth. That's my yeah. apologetic ministry. And, you know, I was trying to raise money for my nonprofit, right? Yeah. People also need to know I don't take a salary from our church. Haven't taken it. Even when I was back at, uh, at the former church, I wasn't like the last however many years I wasn't getting paid. I'm not saying yeah. that. To, I just want people to know, like, 
if you have issues with pastors getting money, I ain't one of them. <laughs> so what's funny was the dude, he saw the fundraiser, didn't know nothing about me, out of context, even about me. And he called me a prosperity preacher. <laughs> I was like, right? That's hilarious, right? <laughs> Harlow's so, trying to say hi. Oh, yeah, what's uh, up, dog? Hey. Uh, it's funny because I was talking with Pastor Tim the other day. Uh-huh. He, and he was like, man, every, Alex, every time I even think about that dude on your page, I just crack up laughing. Cause like literally everybody who knows me <laughs> knows how, how far from that I am. Uh-huh. Um, so that was fun. So, but he, what he was saying also is, and then he started trolling me and so I, I eventually had to block him. Um, but he was, he, he would, he's like, where's your scripture? And why are you just tell them about Jesus? Cause I'm an apologist. So videos I do, provide content that people don't have access to more unless they've gone to seminary or got a master's as well mm-hmm. so like i did a video well the last one was all scripture but I, let's say i did a video um um i did a video talking about presuppositional versus classical apologetics it's like a crash course for people who don't know what that is in there i had i mean i have all kind of quotes all kind of stuff and there's scripture in there too but it wasn't i think this dude was like I want to see every video you do just telling the gospel. And that's all you can do. And that's the only thing that's acceptable to me. Mm-hmm. Not, that I, not that I care what's acceptable to him, but that's, if, if that's how you're thinking, then you're just as off as those dudes on the street. Like I can go, I can go on the street and what you said about the resurrection. Yeah. If I can, I can ask the average person ain't been to church and I, and I could ask them, what is like the main belief of Christianity? And they'll tell me, but they're not saved. So yeah. there's more to the puzzle. It's not just tell them Jesus died and rose and then that's it. And they're good. That's we know that's not true. There's people who heard there's people who heard Jesus talk face to face and still could said kill him. Yeah, I just I don't believe they said kill him. So yeah. like even with all my facts and figures and all my all my ability to, to share evidence, I was telling somebody this the other day. We have to remember that the Holy Spirit does the work. We're simply the mouthpiece. Romans 10, uh, 14 and 15, it says, um, how should they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how should they believe in him who they have not heard? And how should they hear mm-hmm. without a preacher? How beautiful are the feet of those who are sent to, sh- to, to share the gospel. Now, the word preacher there does not mean me or, or Nick or Pastor Hannah. It means it's, it's a word called herald. It means anybody. Basically, it means anybody who knows the gospel. You yeah. are the preacher, quote unquote. So, you know. Yeah, it's cool to be like you said. I don't have no problem. It's, I don't think it's the most effective method to be out on the corner just yelling at people. But you're going to hell. Be, you're you going know, to hell. If you are going to be on the corner, uh, I think it could be effective if you're just trying to engage with people yeah. and then get some dialogue going. Mm-hmm. Then that might be an effective, winsome strategy. But if literally everybody everybody's just literally just walking past you as fast as possible. Like, yeah. I, I don't think you're being effective. Agree. You know, same, like if you're just in my comment section, just to bash me every day, the, who, who has ever changed their mind on a, on a core belief off a of Facebook comment? Like literally, let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? This is ridiculous. This is a ridiculous place to argue. So I mean, I people still love R. Kelly and they're like yeah we're gonna listen to r kelly and it'd be people just like commenting back and forth it's like bro you're never gonna change a chicagoan's mind 
about R. Kelly, bro. You're never going to do it. So, like, why would you just go back and forth? So, like, it's the same way right. that, like, somebody's on the corner. Like, yeah, they would be yelling at somebody in a car, like, turn it R. Kelly off. And it's like, no, bro. Like, they want to <laughs> step in the name of love. They want to fill on a booty, right? They want, you know, or, uh, you know, 12 player, whatever whatever it is that they listening to. Like, they're not going to change. That's a drastic example, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but... I'm from Chicago, and it's the only thing that came to mind right there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm gonna end it there, man. How can people get? How can people, you know, get in touch with Alex McElroy? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I appreciate this. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you having me. Um, my my main website is proof. Well, it's Alex R McElroy M C E L R O Y dot com. You can also go to proof for the truth dot org um i got this event like i said coming up it you can go to fact check c-h-e-c-k apologetics dot eventbrite.com and you can register september 17th that evening i'm gonna do a very brief intro but the that majority of that friday evening will be a live panel q a where you can ask any question you want literally i got some i got my guys coming in town between the three of us, maybe even four of us, I, I got to see. I'm fairly certain we can answer pretty much any question that somebody might ask. And I'm not saying that because we know everything. It's just we all we study. We've been studying. We've been trained to do this specifically. And so the, that's the hope. We want people to we want to help people remove those barriers. If you have a barrier to coming to faith, hey, let's talk about it. Let's let's get your question yeah. out there. Let's see. Let's yeah. see. If, if there's an answer and if we don't know we'll say we don't know but we know enough to know it's true yeah um and then the 18th it'll be all day well um 9 30 to 4 30 but and, and listen we're specifically targeting targeting young adults and even more specifically uh those of the urban context uh minorities oh. who have questions with some of the stuff that you were talking about earlier because a lot of those issues that are 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 pertinent specifically to um black christians or people in urban context those have not always been as addressed or addressed at all yeah. in apologetic environments and so we want to make sure that is done so fact check yeah. apologetics.eventbrite.com uh, we just and need to get you we just need to get you a domain for, for all your events i know so what <laughs> i need to do i have proof for the truth.org i just need to put a i need to put a new tab a link. calendar yeah. Yeah. But I haven't had to use it in a year, so that's why I haven't been doing it. Yeah, we um, just gonna go go to proof to the go to proof for the truth dot org dot org. And actually, go um, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Relentless Pursuit of Purpose, because that's the place where I've been consistently releasing the most content. Yep. I have amazing interviews with awesome guests. Like I said, if I don't know, if I'm not an expert in it, I know an expert in it. Yeah. Um, we just did one last night, I believe. And a friend of mine who wrote a book and he's former SDA seventh day at Venice. Man, y'all got to go watch that video because I, I didn't realize how destructive that doctrine is. Yeah. <laughs> I went like, it's not just another brand of Christian. It's not just another denomination. It's not that at all. This thing is bro. Go watch that video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna do that. But yeah, we'll end it there again. Thank you for uh, listening to this episode of Jesus and Gym Shoes, where we have unparalleled conversations about life skills and Jesus. Uh, make sure you like, comment and subscribe. Um, 
to the channel, um, wherever you're listening. Again, thanks, Alex McElroy. Um, make sure you go to proofforthetruth.org and also Relentless Pur- Pursuit of Purpose on YouTube. Yes. Love y'all. Peace. Peace.